Listener Production. Today's edition of Footy Talk, we dissect where it's gone wrong for the Blues and where their future lies. Jay-Z will talk the latest of the Hawthorne racism scandal and what will be the back page headline on Sunday. That's all to come on Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk on this Saturday round 12. Joey Montagna here with Jay-Z Clark as we do every Saturday, Jay-Z, and we always Start with taking a look at the Friday night review. Of course, Melbourne took on Carlton last night. It was a must-win game for both sides, and it was Melbourne who won by 17 points. wasn't a pretty game. It was pretty ugly, but in the end, it was the Ds that got the win that they were after. And where does it leave the Blues? One of those games, Joe, you have to go to the ice cream midway through the third quarter. I started to feel a bit flat. (laughs) Went for the cookies and cream just to give me a little perk up. There were periods in that third quarter where I thought Carlton was much more direct. You know, and Saad got it when um, Mackay and Kerno led up through the middle. Um, there were times when I thought when they when they put the foot to the floor and played with more freedom and dare and aggression, I thought this is the Carlton I like. It was, again, some of the safe stuff early. And from a big picture view, and Michael Voss says it, they aren't up to the final standard, are they? They just aren't anywhere near it. So my, my question really is, and this is the thing I've been thinking about all morning, is whether... Carlton got their list design right, right? Did they zig, right, towards contested ball winners when the game zagged to more rebound, run, counter-attack? Because Carlton does – Is it, am I right in thinking that Carlton doesn't they, – they've, they've got the bulls inside, but do they need more outside, more – more sort of Richmond-style rebound run because I I think when you go back and look at the Chera and you look at the Hewitt and the um, sort of Matt Kenny decisions amongst others, that's the sort of thing that's percolating in my mind from a big-picture point of view. What do you think? Um, yeah, without putting a heap of thought into it, I think you're right. I think that for me watching last night and now officially their season is over, they're not going to play finals this year, so they've gone backwards. My first reaction this morning in the shower was, you know what? Now let's find out about what other talent they've got. Let's keep playing Matty Cottrell. Yep. Let's keep playing Brody Kemp. Um, give Boyd another you know, the rest of the 12 games and actually find if they can unearth some more young talent yep. that can be a bit more creative, have a bit more spark, a bit more run mm-hmm. about them. Because Matty Cottrell, the, the game against Sydney, was terrific and mm-hmm. Kemp showing some signs and Boyd and like Chincotta yep. and all those guys. So I'm a bit with you. I think that's maybe the list that they, they had that they thought was primed and they went and got Blake Akers for a specific role and – you wonder whether that was the right choice for, for what they needed. Um, I'm with you. I think they've now got to try and find the next wave to help Booster. It's still got the bones of a very good team, yep. but they are a long way off. We all agree with that now, and uh, and they've wasted another year. So is there a bombshell move when you look at it? When is there a – where? how are they going to redesign? Like, what are they going to do now when they're looking at this list? Is it Jack Martin who hasn't been able to get on the park? Is it Mitch McGovern yep. they look to flip and bring in something? Because they need to – while there could need to be a redesign, they need to be keep going. They can't blow the whole thing up. Of course but- not. They've still got the spine. I mean, yep. they've still got Weedering and like Young and Colonel Mackay yep. and whichever ruck it is, and and they've got some absolute good pillars. And yep. for me, at the moment, they're all out of form. Really, no one right now besides Charlie Kerno, who who was de- well beaten last night. But yep. really, you look at everyone else. You're like, who's playing at their very best? Mm. And that's what when you when you win, Jay Z. Um, yep. we, we get caught up in the numbers and style and all these things. Yep. If your best players, if your superstars are playing well, mm. you generally win the game. You think about Port Adelaide at the moment. Yep. You think about Collingwood with Dugowie and Dacos, and 
you look at Carlton, you go, Sard's not at his best. Cripps not at his best. I don't know what's happened to Weedering. Lewis Young started the year so well. Mm. Not sure what's happened to him. And, of course, a lot of talk about Harry, et cetera. So yep. there's still a lot there to work with. They've just got to go back to the drawing board, um, tinker with a few things, particularly their style um, and a bit of their list. And they just have to dust themselves off, improve the back end of the year, still plenty to play for. And then Vossi gets one crack at it next year. Football clubs sheep the blame. For a season like this, there will be someone or some, a part of the football club which will cop it. They will have to change somewhere. So this back half of the season will be interesting to see whether the fin- finger pointing happens or where um, you know, Carlton will do some sort of review in some form, some sort of assessment, and then you'd think they'd have to make changes. They can't back in everything the same for next year. There will have to be some adjustments of some kind. So it will, it promises to be a really con- – Carlton will continue to be a really big story throughout the second half of the season. I've got one name for you. He plays for Melbourne. Mm. No Clayton Oliver last night. Did we see Christian Petrarca step up and play that mature superstar sort of real leadership, I've got this boy sort of game like – was that a three-vote, but another three-vote Another three-vote hitching caravans to someone winning a Brownlow. He's been – right. I watched him last night because I we do a sort of bit of a top five best plays in the comp right now, and I still had Charlie Kerno because I thought last week the SCG single-handedly yep. kept Carlton in it. Watching last night, I've now put Petrarca as the number one player in the comp this Maybe, year. Uh, yeah, I think he has been – He's been the standout through this year of his football. Eddie's at a consistently high level. Yep. And his running power, his ball winning, I thought he was scratchy in the Port Adelaide game. He fumbled a lot and he, mm. he wasn't clean. But last night he did everything so mm. well. And, um, yeah, he led from the front. And that's part of and why Melbourne won. He stood out, didn't he? In yeah. a game that was pretty ordinary, mm-hmm. he was just head and shoulders above. I thought – I was looking watching him last night and it's was like, you know, you've never thought Christian Petrarca captain. Well, I haven't. Oh, it's not necessarily an automatic link for me. I thought last night this was a bloke who was the absolute leader of his team, Easy, if, yeah. if, if you know what I mean. I'm like, you know, it's probably never been a part of his career. We thought, geez, he with that leadership earlier on, he was a little bit mature in his career. I sat there last night with my ice cream and I took my hat off to him, Joey. Yeah. And you, as you said, you pointed this out a couple of weeks ago. He was having an outstanding season. Now, Clayton Oliver will definitely come back in. I think he's got a training session today, which is Saturday. be a big session for him. Get ready for King's birthday. So Clayton Oliver comes in, joins um, the Batman and Robin. I'm still trying to work out who's Batman and who's Robin out of those two. But um, they join forces. I think Jack Viney will be okay. There was a tackle yeah. last night. Um, I think that's play on. How yeah. did you really know? Yeah. But I think he might be okay. I think James Harms will be missing. He gets a match for the bump on um, Cottrell. So yep. there will be some tinkering around with the team. Yeah, and if you hear the narrative about the game, like it was an ordinary game, but I still thought Melbourne dominated that from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the numbers, they were plus 30 contested ball, plus 10 clearance. They yep. had an extra 20 inside 50s. The game lived in their forward half. Yep. The only thing that stopped them from making this a 30, 40-point win was their conversion yep. and their ability to hit the scoreboard. But Carlton have been able to do that a bit this year, sort of get numbers back in their defensive 50 and clog it up, which made it a bit of a scrap. But mm-hmm. I, I thought Melbourne dominated it from, from start to finish, and, and that's how they are going to win a flag, Jay-Z, off the back of their contest and their defence, which has always been elite through this run of theirs the last three to four years. We're talking about hitching our caravans, a very popular segment on the Sunday Rub, Joey. Yes. What about my boy, Cade Chandler? He was back to his best. He got he, a bit. He'd, been, he'd just been a bit off, hadn't he, in recent weeks. I thought he was very good. I'll tell you the one that I stood at. I might have to hitch my caravan to him on. on Sunday, the Sunday Rub. Mm. Judd McVie mm. continues to impress. Yes. His ball use, his composure. Yes. He's getting better by the week as well. So yep. like the way Melbourne are going about it and uh, – 
And I think no doubt they'll be a, a top four threat come the end of the year. What about in the defensive half? Because they brought in Adam Tomlinson last night and he got his pants handed to him in the first half by Harry Mackay, I thought. It is a bit of a vulnerability, that defensive structure. He looks like the one player, and this is not to knock him, right? This is just a... Um, this is just to highlight what will probably be the opposition attack, uh, plan of attack. You're coming up against Melbourne, and Adam Tomlinson is up against one of your big gun forwards. You are playing through him. Am I being unfair, Joe? Uh, no, that's probably the weakness in their defence at the moment. But I think what we saw last night is exactly what their best defensive look, the defensive shape looks like, and that is the three tall defender. So I've got no doubt. Harrison Petty, roughly Petty. how far away? A couple of weeks? A couple of weeks. I think he goes back into defence, and they realise it's Petty and May. Lever the interceptor. Then you've got McVie and, you know, the other boys all there, Hibbert and Rivers. They've got plenty of options. Salem now back as well and mm-hmm. Bowie and Brayshaw. So it's stacked. Yep. And the forward line, you just continue to shuffle, whether it's Gorn and Van Royen, whether it's one other. You've got Fritch down there in the smalls. I think they are starting to get their best look. You know, I love my pick ones, my curly questions. This is the one. I can't get this out of my head, Joey. This is the one that lives inside my brain. Pick one, Jacob Van Royen or Ben Brown? No, Jacob Van Royen. Yes. He's got to continue to improve. That baton yeah. has been passed, hasn't Officially, it? Officially, yeah. One more year on his contract, uh, Ben Brown. He's handy now. You need to keep Ben Brown because you might need him. You never know if Van Royen gets injured or, you know, you might need to turn to some veterans. You've yep. got to keep them on your list. I always like having those older players on your list, but no, Van Royen's certainly gone past him. Um, is Michael Voss definitely going to be the Carlton coach next year? I think he has to be, yes. I think it'd be ridiculous to just sack another coach and think that something's going to change yep. again. You know, you've got to do, roll your sleeves up, get to work, yep. grind it out as a club and yep. as a team. What do you need to do? All in it together and come through something out the other side and they'll be much better for it rather than a quick fix of trying to rip the Band-Aid off, get someone else in and start again. I don't think that's the answer. What if Damien Hardwick's available? Uh, Well, he is available, isn't he? That's a good question, JC. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll save that for another day. Hey, we'll take a break because I've got to ask about the Hawthorne racism Mm. scandal where that is at now. Of course, if you're listening to Footy Talk on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button. Leave us a review. New episodes every day at lunchtime. You're listening to Footy Talk on this Saturday. If you have a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or Footy Talk Pod on TikTok. Jay-Z, we'll take a look at some of the other games in a minute for them in the weekend, but before we do that, I have to ask you about the latest with the Hawthorne racism scandal, where it's at. Another enormous development, it must be said, uh, Lee, on uh, Friday night, um, four Hawthorne players uh, put their names to a statement, which was... Incredibly sad, incredibly uh, jarring. The Hawthorne players, of course, were Carl Peterson, Cyril Rioli and his partner Shannon, Jermaine and Montana Miller-Lewis and Leon Egan, uh, of course. May have already seen the statement by now, but I'll just read you a little bit of it. And there's one line in particular which just uh, makes your heart miss a beat, really. It says, we are some of the Indigenous families who, families who endured racism the Hawthorne Football Club, we were separated from our families. We were told an unborn child would ruin our futures. And finally, we were treated as special projects and control of our lives was taken from us. So these um, family members, and including Sil Rioli, like he is one of the favourite sons of the Hawthorne Football Club. Mm. You know, he, he's, his name carries a lot of weight, Joey. So this it was a really serious development in the story, and now they're going to take um, this case 
to the Human Rights Commission. This is going to take a long, long time to play out, 18 to 24 months um, potentially. They're saying they just want their story heard. Mm. And probably up until now, that, that clearly hasn't been the case. They went through the review with Hawthorne in good faith, and that was um, – I mean, the AFL did tie a bow on that investigation. They didn't find anything that they could follow up. So it's not to say the claims weren't baseless, but maybe the AFL is the wrong body to investigate or deal with such an issue. So the Human Rights Commission um, is the place for it now. And then you look at the other side of the fence and you certainly hope that Chris Fagan, Alistair Clarkson and Jason Burt get the opportunity to tell their truth as well. So natural justice for both parties, obviously. And um, there could be some other um, you know, civil matters there in terms of a defamation case. It's just, I just, it's been said a thousand times, taking a huge toll on everyone involved at this. And it's um, one of the one of the saddest um, chapters in um, the history of the AFL, of the Australian Football League, Joe. Yeah, it is. Is it? Too simplistic to just now say that that the, the players have their truth and that is 100% their truth. And then the, the coaches and Jason Burt have their truth and that's what they stand by. And you can have two truths. You can see if you can have two different versions of truth, but it feels like they are both truths are so adamant that they are yep. in the like it's that their yep. truth is the one that, yep. uh, you know, is, is what happened. Yeah. It, it's, it feels like it's almost impossible to come to some sort of mediation. Something's got to give. And that's the complexity, you know, which is at the absolute centre of this. You're right, um, Joey. So what it's going to take is some really highly skilled, highly knowledgeable people to bring these two parties together and thrash out a conversation where I think, I don't know whether these needs to be middle ground found, but certainly some concessions and some acknowledgements in terms of the whole racism issue, and I am not an expert by any stretch, but the country has come a long way, but has not been perfect. And football clubs um, were on a journey of learning and education. I mean, you lived in it, Joey, like lived through it. And and from your own experience, did you feel, um, you know, your your level of understanding, the club's understanding of, 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 um, of racism and treatment of Indigenous players evolved and developed over your time at yeah, the football 100%, club. 100%, yeah. It you know? continues to everything. Every, all sort of social issues continue to yep. evolve as the years went on. So that that's going to be a really um, complex situation and conversation to thrash out. Were there some insensitivities? I think that's probably the key The key here. Hey, we'll keep moving on to some footy. A couple of big games tonight, the Western Bulldogs and the Cats. The Cats have owned the Bulldogs mm. in recent years. Feel like the dogs, if they're fair dinkum, they should dominate Geelong tonight. With the midfield difference between the two sides. Couldn't agree more. So they're going to get opportunity forward to 50, aren't they? The Bulldogs, um, with the supply they should get from Bontempelli, et cetera. The Cats midfield's been a bit bit depleted. No Paddy Dangerfield. So it's a second string midfield. It's interesting. Can the Cats get it, get it together? I mean, if they lose another one, it does add a lot of urgency in the second half of the season. You know the record, Chris Scott, loop average is Chris Scott's bunny. Mm. Would that needle bevo a bit, do you think? Uh, probably. Yeah. If you've got anyone that's got that competitive fire, it absolutely would. Hey, it's another reason why we should have mid-season trading. The West, uh, the Cats could go and get uh, a player that's on a list that's a very good uh, midfielder who's not getting a game at a side and make a difference to Geelong immediately to try and keep their finals hopes alive. But yeah. that's a different story. Mm. The other big game, Gold Coast Adelaide in Darwin. That's going to be a huge one, and that's going to lead to my back page headline, Jay-Z. I'll get yours in a minute. Yep. Is after 12 years in the competition, the Gold Coast Suns officially arrive. They're here. I think they can beat the Adelaide Crows. 
All the hype about the Crows, some people even said they were a smoky to win the premiership. Gold Coast would be just percentage behind them, yep. knocking on the door of the top eight, a genuine top eight without Gary Ablett trying to do it single-handedly. Yep. This will be the closest this Gold Coast Suns have come to becoming a force in the competition after they beat the Crows tonight. My big watch is on the Bombers knocking over uh, the Kangaroos on Sunday. If you have a look at their run home, Joey, their, their, their first finals win in uh, almost two decades, in six and a half thousand days, is at their disposal this year. Dyson Heppel never played in a finals win, Joey. Wow. I, I think Brad... You've Brad, gone from them beating the Kangaroos tonight <laughs> on the weekend to them winning a final. Gee whiz, you know long what? bow, there's, there's long be, bow. There's been no expectation on the Eston Football Club. Brad Scott, you know, we're on a journey and we, we know where we're at and all that. Well, Dyson Heppel and Zach Merritt, they want to play a winning final. They could buck the biggest monkey in in the game. And I think if they can knock over North Melbourne on Sunday, uh, it gets pretty hard to miss out from them. Well done. Hey, tomorrow we'll go around the grounds to analyse all those games that we've just touched on. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. We'll be back again tomorrow. Listener.